thank you for all of your faithfulness during this great summer season of coming and going. I'm glad you're here today. Why don't you just for a moment take your Bibles and open with me to the book of Luke chapter 15. I want to read verses 8, 9, and 10. And while you're turning, let me add how much I want to encourage you to come tonight. I stepped into the auditorium last night for just a few minutes, didn't realize what was going on. But when I got out of my office, I heard something going on in the sanctuary. And when I stepped in here, these young people were in this place praying and calling out to God. And I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost was in this place. My Lord, I started weeping. I couldn't help it. And I just knew that they, God was going to use them in a special way tonight. I'm very thankful for all of our young people. Amen. They're not perfect, but they're on their way to that. And if we'll help them, they'll get there a lot quicker if we encourage them than if we discourage them. Amen. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 and verse number 8. Luke wrote, what, Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me. Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you that there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And when she realized that the coin was lost, she lit a candle and she swept the house and she sought diligently until she found it. I like what she said in verse 9. For I have found the peace which I had lost. She didn't blame it on somebody else. She realized where the source of the trouble was. I want to talk to you for a little while today from this subject. Sweeping changes. Sweeping changes. And everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Buckminster Fuller was an American who lived, uh, born in the early 1900s and died sometime in 1983. He was an architect, he was an author, he was a designer, an inventor, but probably most noted, he was a systems theorist. Now, if you don't know what that is, go home and get your dictionary out because you're going to learn of another world. He was a brilliant man who studied statistics and numbers and and one of the things that he is noted for, he uh, was the inventor uh, who created what is known as the knowledge doubling curve. 
And in his studies, he noted that until 1900, human knowledge had doubled approximately every century. Every 100 years, knowledge had doubled. But by the end of World War II, he discovered that knowledge was doubling now every 25 years. And today, things are not as simple uh, because there are different types of knowledge and there are different rates of growth. But as he studied these changes, he realized that there were things that were happening in our culture and our world that were rapidly altering the world in which we live. Nanotechnology is doubling every two years, and clinical knowledge is doubling every 18 months. But on average, now, in the day in which we live, they claim that human knowledge is doubling every 13 months. Now, according to IBM, they are working today on the Internet of Things, and they claim that it will lead to the doubling of knowledge in every 12 hours. What a day we live in. A lot has changed since I was born, and many of you that are older than I am could say amen to that. A lot has changed. And I think my title this morning says all that could be said about the current world in which we live. There are sweeping changes all around us. When I typed that phrase into my computer, I found out that there were over 4 million hits on that one subject, sweeping changes. And so I began to scan down through the Internet, and I discovered that Basically, every area and arena of life is enduring sweeping changes from uh, the large things to the unimportant things. You will find somewhere some kind of change going on from colleges, lower education, high schools, grade schools, elementaries, kindergarten, sports is enduring it, governments are going through it, nations Parks, banks, courts, military, medical, metro, prisons, Facebook, Twitter. Every phase of life is being affected by sweeping changes. Everybody say that with me. Sweeping changes. That simply means there are things happening very quickly. And many of them are extremely important things. But they are changing rapidly altering from what they were in time past. The amazing thing about that is that Daniel, who lived way back, farther back than any of us, a long time ago, Daniel prophesied of a day that was going to come. And he saw a time when knowledge would increase. And that's what he wrote of in Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. He said, But thou, O Daniel... Shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. The interesting thing about the word increase that is used there in the Hebrew is that it implies not only an addition to knowledge but a multiplication of knowledge. 
Certainly we live in that hour today. Our lives have been altered so much over the last few years by so many things. Technology, probably more than anything, has changed all of us. I said all of us. Amen. I don't think we could exist without a cell phone. I don't, as a matter of fact, I've been tempted to call another media fast around here, but the last time I did, there were people cutting their throat and slitting their wrists because they would rather do that than put down their Facebook page for a day or a week or a month. We're hooked, folks. We're being caught up in these sweeping changes. Some of them are good. Some of them are for the better, but many of them, we're not sure what the end is going to be. There are those that have made their way into political office because they, they talked about change. And everybody bought into the idea of change. The only problem is nobody knew what kind of changes we were talking about. And so now we live in a culture where there's gender identity problems. Now I want to tell you, that may be a problem with our world, but it's not a problem with God. God called them male and female. He called them Adam and Eve. And there's no confusion when you go back to the book. There's no misunderstanding of who I am. Now if I'm having a problem with that, what I need to do is get reacquainted with the God of this book so I can help get Him to help me understand who I am and what I ought to be. But in my lifetime, the things that have changed have been astonishing. Some of you grew up in an age when there was no electricity in your home. You had no running water, and you had to go outside the house to go to the bathroom. Believe it or not, your pastor can remember a time when that was part of his life. I am that old, or we were that poor. I don't know which was the case. I think we were that poor. Uh, but... Now we don't have to go out of the house for anything. We can surf the world by a click of a button. We can sit in the comfort of our own living room and FaceTime somebody on the other side of the world that in times past it would have taken months and years. I've been reading recently of the expedition of Lewis and Clark across America and how long it took them to take a journey from St. Louis to the Pacific Ocean a year of traveling, of hardship, and all of that. And now you can get on a plane and you can be from St. Louis to Seattle in less than two hours because of the changes in and advancements of technology and all of the things that have brought our world into a new shape and to a new focus. Television, automobiles, planes. I can remember when we used to sit by the radio and listen to programs because we didn't have anything to watch. That's a long ways back. Some of you can go back further than that. You didn't even have a radio. You just had to listen to each other. I'm not sure that's not a bad thing to do, sitting out on the front porch and talking and communicating. I want to tell you, folks, I, I didn't mean to get on this soapbox, but you texting somebody is not communicating. You Facebooking somebody is not communicating. You're not communicating with me until you sit down and look me in the eye. Because I want to know the inflection of your voice and the look on your face when you're telling me those things. Amen. Changes. We've seen political parties change and even human faces. Probably the number one, number one medical 
thing in the world, not in America, but in the world, are uh, body alterations. There are countries, uh, South America, Brazil, and Argentina, the number one surgery that is performed in that country every year is some kind of body-altering surgery because we are not happy with what God made and how He made it, and so we are trying to change it and improve it. Everything has changed. In recent days, we have seen even a clash between what is right and what is wrong, and now we are having truth fall in the street and wrong is sitting on the throne, and I am very troubled about all of that. The world may be confused, but God's Word is not confused. Amen. We live in a time of sweeping changes. And if that is what has brought our downfall, and I do believe we have fallen down, not up, even though we are more advanced and we have more at our fingertips than we ever have, I... I'm not sure we're better off than we ever have been. I'm not sure we're as good as we could be. Matter of fact, I will confess to you this morning, my cell phone has made me lazy because I don't have to remember anybody's number anymore because I can put it in my phone and my phone remembers. God forbid that we ever have a blackout around here. We'll have total chaos in our world because we won't even remember the combination to the house that we live in. We won't even remember how to get home. Man. Changes, sweeping changes. Man, I wish that I had the time to ask some of our elders just to share with us a few things of the sweeping changes that they've seen in their lifetime. And I'm only 60. I'm not a dinosaur. But there's been a lot change in 60 years, a lot change. And they've changed so quickly and rapidly that it's hard to keep up with them. And I, I do not want to be stuck in the, in the old times. I don't want to have to ride a horse and buggy to church. I don't want to have to slop the hogs and feed the cows and do all that before I get ready to go do anything else for the day. I'm thankful for the things that God has blessed us with. But... There are so many changes taking place in our world that we're not for certain what the end is going to be for many of them. And this is what I want you to understand, that if sweeping changes have taken us down this path, it can also be our salvation. Because just as sure as there are sweeping changes in our world, Sweeping still changes. Amen. Getting the broom out and doing a little house cleaning still works. It still produces the desired result. In the story that we read from this morning of the woman who lost a coin, in that story is a profound message and a gospel within the gospel. I believe my text adequately defines the day in which we now live. And if we could get back to putting the emphasis on the right thing, I believe we could have revival in our country. 
and we could have revival in our church and in our own lives. I believe that. Clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise right now. This woman had lost a coin, but it was not just any coin that she had lost. It was one of ten coins that formed an amulet that would go about her head. She had collected them since she was a child. They had been given to her at various occasions for a day in the future when she would marry. And those ten coins went in a headband that she would wear on her wedding day. And they would be significant to her of what had been invested in her life up until that point. And so she had not just lost a jewel. She had not just lost a piece of metal, but she had lost something that was extremely valuable and very precious, something that was so very, very important. And so when I read that she did what she did, I understand why now, because that coin represented more than just a nickel or a dime. It meant more than just a piece of metal. She lost something precious, and then she went to find it. When I read that the other day, and I began to meditate on it, the Lord began to talk to me, and I I wondered how many of us, how many of us have lost some precious things as well in our life. I wonder how many in this building today have lost their peace. They, <clears throat> they've lost that inner contentment, that inner uh, emotion of calmness that can only come from God in the presence of the Lord. I, I wonder how many people sitting on my pew, these pews, not mine, but these pews this morning that are filled with anxiety and worry and stress and concern because of events in your life and you have lost that sense of peace that used to be there because you were walking with God and you were communicating with God and you were listening to His Word and you were abiding by that Word but somehow you kind of veered off of the path and and you've lost track of what really matters, and now you can't put your finger on it, but there's just something missing. There's something, it's just not right. I, I, I used to get up in the morning, and there was just a calm in my life, and now when I get up in the morning, I'm so stressed, and I'm, I'm, I'm worried, and before the day even begins, I've got to pop a pill or two to get me down to where I can go out and meet the world. Maybe, maybe God sent me this morning to tell somebody that it's time for you to get a broom out and do a little sweeping and see if you can't recover that peace that's been lost in your life. Because though it has been lost, it is not without value. It is not without importance. Amen. There are many people that have not lost their peace, but they've lost their contentment. When we complain more than we do anything else, it's a good sign we have lost our contentment. You know, we own more now than we've ever owned, and yet we whine and cry more than we've ever cried and whined. I'm afraid for our generation. I'm serious. I'm not trying to be negative this morning, but I'm afraid. If, 
If a true depression were to come on this generation that came on the world back in the turn of the century and men were having to beg for food or stand in soup lines by the hour, I'm not sure how many of us could take that because we have been blessed with so much. And yet the more we get, the more we want. And there's never enough. And about the time you get this good new car, you notice somebody drive by you in a newer model and a better model, and all of a sudden you want something more. You, you move into a nice house and everything's good. It's the best thing you've ever had. And then you drive down the block and you notice there's one bigger than yours. And all of a sudden we're not so content anymore. We're not as... We're not as happy as we were. We're not thankful. Some people have not lost their contentment, but they've lost their joy. They have a, 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 an inner state of well-being that is reflected in an outer way by how they speak and what they say and the tone of their voice and the words that they use. And there's something interesting that I noted when I was studying this is that the word joy oftentimes has the word sound connected to it. That joy is a sound, that it is, uh, it's, it, it is a, a, a voice of some kind that comes out of your being because of, of what's going on on the inside because of the goodness of God and the blessings of God and the mercies of God. There's something inside of you that gives out a sound of praise. Re you rejoice. You, you are happy. You can sing and clap your hands. Even though you've got a few problems, there's still joy down on the inside. There's still something that you know that the devil didn't give you and the devil can't take it away. Amen, 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 amen. So... I thought, Lord, the sound of joy. Then I had to ask myself, what, what kind of sounds am I emitting? And I didn't like what I heard. <clears throat> you know what somebody needs to do? Somebody needs to get a broom out and start sweeping because we, you need to get that joy back. People don't want to listen to you whine and cry all the time. Life isn't that bad. Your job isn't that bad. At least you've got one. At least you're getting paid every week. At least you've got something to go home to. Maybe if you change your attitude about all of that, God might give you a better opportunity. But this is what I discovered about God, that if I don't learn how to be joyful in my present condition, God's not going to move me to another condition because I won't be joyful there either. So I need to start sweeping till I find where I lost that joy in my life and get it back because I want to be able to rejoice in any situation and whatever might happen in my life. I want to rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. 
What are you doing? I'm trying to find my joy. I lost it somewhere. I let something get down inside of me and it's eating away what really matters and i gotta, I got to get it back. i got to find where, where is that joy Those are the kind of sweeping changes we need in America right now. Amen. We need the kind that will get the broom out and go looking for what's lost. And understand that what's lost is valuable. Amen. You can be seated. Some people have lost their sense of commitment. They have lost their sense of commitment. They've lost an understanding of what really matters and what they ought to be giving themselves to. There are some people that have lost their thankfulness. I I wish I could get back where some of you are right now. I need to talk to you eyeball to eyeball. Paul talked to Timothy and he said, I'm going to tell you something about the end time. The end time is going to be a perilous time. 2 Timothy chapter 2 or 3. Perilous. That means it's going to be a very difficult time to live in. And he said, I'm going to give you the markers of that hour. And two of the markers were they were unthankful. Unthankful. And the next word that follows unthankful was unholy. You listen to me this morning. When you lose your spirit of thankfulness, the next thing that's coming up the road to your life is an unclean spirit and a dirtiness that will come right in behind it and you won't even know it came in the house And before you even realize what's going on, you'll look around and say, how in the world did I get in this mess? I'll tell you how you got there. You lost your thankfulness. You forgot where God brought you from. You forgot what God has done for you. You forgot how many times God's forgiven you. You forgot how many times He's restored you and given you back an opportunity to live and do what is right. And you lost your thankfulness. 135 times or more the word thank and its derivatives are used in Scripture. I am telling you that gratitude is important to God. But more important to God, it should be important to me. Everybody say thankful. I want to be thankful. Man, I'm telling you, This is the most negative and cynical culture I think I've ever, as long as I've been alive, it's it's gotten so caustic and so toxic that you hate to eat. I don't even like to listen to the radio anymore. I don't like to listen to all of these so-called whoop-de-doos that know everything. I, I get so sick and nauseated at some of those guys, and I know some of them mean well, but you know what? All that I hear is what's wrong What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And I look around and I see the richest nation in the world resides in this place where we live. We're part of that. You say, well, I'm not. Well, we're still. If we were to take you and set you down in the cultures of the rest of the world, the poorest person in this room right now would be rich compared to the rest of the world in which we live. Went to Burma a few years ago. Just Vicky, brother, buddy went with us, and we went to the temple there, the, the Buddhist temple 
in that temple are jewels and gold of every kind. I'm telling you, it is the most amazing thing you've ever seen in your life. They say that in that one temple alone, there's enough wealth and riches to make every Burmese person wealthy. And yet it is the most poverty-stricken nation in our, in almost in the whole culture of our world. We went down their main street. I'm talking about main street. And we had to dodge potholes that were deeper than some men. And that was the culture that had been generated by the, the, this, uh, this, the doctrine that had been taught so many years. And then you look around and you see the, the, the poverty level of people and how they live and how little they exist on. And then in this temple are all, is all the wealth that would be needed to help every one of them advance in life. And yet their priorities are so messed up that they've forgotten that God is not as interested in that temple as he is in them. He's, that is the temple that God is interested in, the temple of man. And when we look around in our culture, sometimes we get to whining and complaining about what we don't have. I want to ask all of you to be honest this morning, and how many of you could lift your hand and say, I have less today than I've ever had in my life. None of us. None of us. And yet, how often do we stop and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for a house. Thank you for a car. Thank you for a church. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for a support group. Thank you for every blessing. Thank you for just giving me life. Thank you that I didn't die when the doctors gave up on me, that somehow something kept moving in me. Thank you, God, that when everybody else turned away and left you, I didn't turn my back on you, but I kept walking. Thank you, God, that all of my life you have kept your hand on me. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lost our thankfulness. Somebody needs to get a broom out this morning. Where'd that go? I know it was here. I, I know I've had it. I, I, man, I've got to find that. Amen. That's the kind of sweeping changes that will bring revival to America. Not altering who we are as a people. Not changing our identity or being confused about our identity. But going back and getting back in our life the things that really matter. Some people have lost their identity. The thing she lost was a coin. And it was not a piece of precious metal or a jewel, but it was a coin. And it was something that bore the stamp of the king on it. Those coins bore the image of the ruler on them. And what she lost was a little bit of that image of her king in her life. And I wonder how many, the image of our maker has gone out of our sight. The great purpose of our being has been lost because we live for ourselves. We're more concerned about what the world says about us than what God says about us. 
were more concerned about getting their approval than God being pleased with the way. We want our hits on Facebook, but we don't care about whether God hits on our soul book. Amen. Sometimes in life we lose that resemblance of Him. Yeah, I'm going to talk to you a little while now. We lose that resemblance of Him. Instead of being His emissary, instead of being His body in the earth, I've seen some people that, man, you talk about mean. They, whew, mean, vicious. Some of them are riding down the freeway right now. They call themselves Christians, but you drive by them and you happen to veer over in their lane and they'll, they'll give you the California salute or worse than that, they'll roll their window down and cuss you out or they'll run around in front of you and slam on the brakes. And on the back bumper setter it says, Praise, honk if you love Jesus. We've lost our sense of identity. We are more concerned about what others think than what he thinks. We have forgotten that our body, everybody say my body, is the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's what my body is. It is the temple. It's the residing place of his presence. Now, before I do anything to this body, I need to ask the one who owns this if that's okay for me to do this to his temple. That's what being a real child of God means. I am a temple of the Holy Ghost. And so there's some things that I don't wear. There's some things that I don't do. There's some places I don't go. Not because I am trying to stick out and be just uh, ultra conservative, but because they do not reflect well on the temple of the Holy Ghost. Would the Holy Ghost want me to do that? Would the Holy Ghost want me to say that? Would the Holy Ghost want me to see that? Would the Holy Ghost want me to do that? We have lost our sense of identity. That's why we can let our culture beat us down and tell us that we are confused. We don't know who we are. Are you a male or are you a female? Do you go here or do you go there? I'm not listening for my culture to tell me who I am. God's words already define that for me. And my body has as well. Amen. Now, if you don't like that, then maybe you need to fall in love with the God who created you because He will help you like what you are. Amen. 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 Praise God. Lost our sense of identity. Be like Him. That's the old song, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. On earth I long to be like him. Why? Because I'm the temple that he dwells in. What I want the world to see is him, not me. Amen. Everybody say, I am a temple of the Holy Ghost.
Some people have lost their sense of holiness. By that I mean their sense of reverence to God and who He is. There are some people who have lost their awe. They've lost the awe in their soul. They can come and sing and nothing move them. They can come and hear preaching and nothing move them. I want to tell you something this morning. If I was in this place and God moved like he moved this morning and I have not felt anything as of yet, I would be in the altar the first thing because I want to get fixed in here what's wrong because I want to be able to feel and sense the presence of God in my life because that's all that really matters. Nothing else matters. And if I don't get that back, I've lost something that is of eternal significance. And we have lost that holiness of God, that God is holy. We've made God a good old boy. We've made him just a neighbor and a buddy. But the Bible said he is holy. He sits on the circle of the earth. And if God is holy, he said, then you ought to be holy also. That means separated, pure. There ought to be something about our life that stays clean and unmarked by the things of this world. There are people that have lost their sense of responsibility. They feel like they owe no one anything, but the truth is we are all debtors. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you ever see a turtle on a fence post, you know one thing. What is that? Say it again. He didn't get there by himself. And I don't care. You could have pulled yourself up by your bootstrap, but somebody had to help you somewhere along the way. You didn't get where you are by yourself. And we have lost a sense of responsibility that we don't owe anything to anybody. So that's why our world is in such chaos right now. That's why nobody seems to care about how they live or what they do. It's all about them and me and mine and how I want to go. And they forget that somebody's watching them. Somebody's being influenced by them. Somebody is going to be affected by them. When I stand here, I fear sometimes that the greatest judgment is going to come on me because of my responsibility to you. That's why I don't ever take one sermon lightly. That's why I don't ever take one service lightly. And that's why I don't ever want to come in here with that idea that it really doesn't matter. I am a debtor. I owe a debt. Somebody helped pray me through. Somebody helped get me along the way. Somebody encouraged me. Somebody helped me. Somebody propped me back up. Somebody picked me back up. Somebody took me by the hand and said, we're going on. You're not turning back. You're not going back. And somebody held on to me until something got down inside of me that could help me live a stable life. And because of that, I owe somebody around me. I've got a responsibility to live a better life and be a better person because I owe them that. I owe that to them. They deserve more than careless living. They deserve more than my unconcern. I am so sick of this self-centered generation. I have never, good Lord of mercy, I don't want to get on this. But I was going to a place of business the other day, and in the parking lot, there's this young lady walking with her phone turned 
I guess she's Facebook. I don't know what she's doing. She's got her, she's selfieing. She's selfie. Do you understand that that is the number one craze in America and in our younger culture? It is so consuming that there, there are young men and women that will put, they will take thousands of pictures a day of themselves because they hadn't found the perfect one yet. Well, keep on snapping, honey. You're not going to find the perfect one. And she's what? She didn't even look to see where traffic, nobody. I mean, it was like oblivious. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. Bump into people, run over people, run into people, and then blame them for being in your way. Somebody needs to get a broom. Somebody needs, somebody. Come on. Come on. Let's get this selfishness out of our life. Let's get selfishness off of the throne. Instead of being self-centered, why don't we become Christ-centered? Why don't we become cross-centered? The cross was not about him. The cross was about us. When he hung on Calvary, he, he didn't have his spiritual phone out taking pictures saying, look at what I'm doing. He said, look, this is what I'm doing. I'm not here because of me. I'm here because you needed me to be here. Man, let's stand together. Sweeping changes. A sense of responsibility. The Bible said that she, when she realized that she had lost something valuable, she went into recovery mode. And I wish that that could happen today. I, I don't know. I've done a very good job preaching this today, but I wish... I wish somebody could get into recovery mode. I'm going to tell you what it's going to take. If they could cut the lights down for just a moment. The Bible says that when she realized it was gone, the first thing she did was she got a candle. And I don't have a candle, so I'm just going to get a light. Turn them off. Amen. Turn them off if you don't mind. She got a candle. Now you have to understand that in that culture... Their homes were not built like ours. They were not built with a lot of windows because of the heat and because of the other elements that they lived in. So they built them so that they would be dark. And so very much likely that what she had to do is find something in an environment just like this. But to do that, she needed light. 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 We, we need light to find what's been missing. We need the Word and we need His presence and we need His Spirit. We, we need Him to help us because it's there. It, it's there. It's, it's in the house. It's still close. It's not far away. It's still near enough that if we just look a little bit we can find it. And so she took a light and, and she began to go through her little house in that darkened place and then she took a broom and she would go into the corners and crevices and she would sweep. She would sweep and sweep and sweep. What are you looking for? I've lost something important. I've got to get it back. I don't want to live without it. I've got to have it. I can't, I can't go. It's somewhere. I know it's here somewhere. I know it is. And the Bible said she did that until, until, until she found. I wonder what would happen if somebody this morning that's missing the joy 
or the peace or the contentment in your life that you just you can't seem to be happy about anything. You've lost your contentment. I wonder what would happen if, if you did that, if you got a light out and you got a broom and you start, God, I know it's here. I, I know it's not far away. I, I, I know I can recover it. I know it's got to be in the house. And do that until you find. Wonder what changes would come over your family if when you left here today, you left with something that had been lost. I wonder if somehow in this service, before you left here, you could sweep enough until you found a thankfulness that when you walked out that door, there was a different way about you. There was a different mindset and a different attitude. I wonder if somebody in this building would time or take the time to do a little sweeping until they found their Christ identity. They're, they're being like Him, not like man or like the world, but being like Him. I wonder what would happen if somebody in this building this morning would take a broom and take a light and say, God, I don't want to leave here without it. I'm tired of being grumpy, grippy. I'm tired of being mad and, and I'm tired of being vengeful. I'm tired of being on edge all the time. I'm tired of going to bed with a pill and getting up with a pill. I need some peace in my life. I wonder how many this morning, if they would just take a light and start revelation. God, we need revelation in this building today. We need something to illuminate the dark corners of our lives so we can recover those things that we have lost, those things that have slipped out of our lives, those things that we've had but we've, we've let them get, a, get away from us. That joy, that peace, that contentment, that sense of identity, that holiness, that all, that reverence, that responsibility. I know it's here somewhere. I, I know it is. I know it is. I know it is. I know it's here somewhere. I, I've got to have it. I've got to find it. I can't live without it. I don't want to go on any longer without it. I've got to have it. Come on, come on. Come on. Sweep, 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 sweep. Look, look, look. There's revelation. There's revelation in the house today. There's a light that will shine that if you will allow it, it will bring to you an understanding and a luminous.